0: From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two and make yourself very uncomfortable. So I'd love to know for this episode which superpower you'd like to bring to the table.
1: It has to be leadership. I think leadership is the force for good that the world desperately needs right now in enormous quantities.
0: Got it. Wow. Leadership, that's quite a wide ranging skill set and talent. Mm -hmm. So tell me more, why does the world need good leaders? As if that wasn't obvious, but I'd love to hear it from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the crises that we're currently facing, whichever one you pick, even if you don't agree with them all, I think we can all agree the world is currently in crisis. They could all be solved with better leadership, with pe- with somebody having a vision for change and saying, this is the direction of travel, motivating, inspiring people, using empathy and steadying the course and being doing it with leadership rather than doing it through dictatorship. Rather than saying, I'm here and I can tell you what to do. We change people and their behaviours and their attitudes through leadership. We don't do that through dictating. It it, it very rarely works. All we ever do is extract when we do that. And I think you just have to look at what's happened during the COVID pandemic. And I, I, you know, (laughs) I should have prepped some data on this, perhaps. But we know that the countries, women run by women leaders have had far fewer deaths, for example, from COVID. And there's a debate we had about why. My personal theory is, there. You know, some people will say there's a female advantage for leadership. And I, 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 I think it's very nuanced if that's right, I don't think we have the data to back it up. What I do absolutely see being true is that right now, the playing field for leadership is unequal. Women have to outperform men to get to the same level right? We can then have a separate debate about whether or not women or men are better innately at leadership. I don't want to get into that. I think we need some organizational psychologists to have a look at that for us. That's their job. That's great. I have my own views, but (laughs) that's irrelevant. The key thing is if you have to perform better to get to the same level, guess what happens? Those female leaders of countries, they are extraordinary compared to their male peers because it was unfair to get them there. And that just shows you how powerful great leadership is, because great leadership actually is saving lives. I, I think that's that's what we need more of. We need better leadership to change old companies and organizations. Even if you just take a small company, for example, and I've worked for a number of companies over the years. Obviously, I now run my own business. But the companies I've worked with, whatever their size that have done well, it's because they've had a really strong leader or 10, depending on the size. At the helm, great leadership can do so much. Poor leadership, where the person's inconsistent, maybe they're more of a manager than a leader. They spend a lot time, more time, you know, changing their minds because they're not confident in them, in themselves, and their own opinions. Everybody is uncomfortable. Everybody is unhappy. Nobody knows what they should be doing. Everybody is inconsistent. You can have people that disagree with your vision, but who will follow you because you're very clear and consistent. Whereas if you're not clear and consistent, which is far, far too common, just look at our politicians right now. I would say there's a complete lack of consistency, whatever else you think about politics in the world right now. Consistency is a problem. Great leadership requires that consistency. And when you have that, extraordinary things happen.
0: When you do look around at politics, there's very few countries, I think, where the people will say, we are absolutely proud of our leaders uh, who are in mm-hmm. politics. It, it, quite a difficult Question to answer as to who is it that you admire. So, yeah, absolutely with you on that. Something you just said there around female leaders often have to work that much harder to get in position. And now I see two sides of that. And I'm sure you've seen this as well. But there are some female leaders that have to then almost be more mean to be able to get Uh, to those positions. Right. And I think that's a real shame because I've, felt the wrath of some of those women where they just had to be much meaner than maybe their male counterparts Mm. but that's the reason why they're put in that position because they are seen as you know hard as nails what's your perspective on that
1: i think i would like to think maybe that we're finally seeing a tide shift on that one I think for the longest time, I mean, especially here in the UK, but internationally as well, and I went primarily with people internationally, but you think back to the UK, Margaret Thatcher is the obvious um, standard bearer for that. You know, she was seen as tougher than her male peers by quite a long way. I do think that is changing. Just look at um, Jacinda Heron in, I don't know if I just say her name her name correctly, my apologies if that was really mangled, but Jacinda Heron in New Zealand. She is renowned for her empathetic leadership which is, I would say, if I had to categorize great leadership with five traits, empathy would be right there at number one. And I, she isn't about, you know, screwing other people over, being as hard as nails, keeping, you know, that traditional view of keeping everybody else down is, is quite the opposite, actually. And I, I see this in the women I work with. The ones who rise to the top and do extraordinary things are the ones that lift other people up around them as they're doing it. Sometimes even pushing other people ahead of them as they're doing it, it comes back to you full circle very, very quickly. It seems tempting. Uh, and we see this a lot in you know society. Look at the famous leaders in society right now. There are far too many, sadly, who will beat other people up on the way up, irrespective of gender. But it basically always comes back to haunt them at some. I think the more we can give, uh, this, uh, there's a book called Give and Take by Adam Grant, which is kind of like the underlying principle behind this. I'm just like adding a layer of like, I think it applies to our leadership. But the more we give, the more we get. Sure, every now and then somebody's going to take advantage of you, but it happens far less than you might think. And actually, the more you give, the more people will give to you and lift you up. And something extraordinary happens. There's, there's a reason there's a movement called servant leadership, which I think we can all learn quite a lot from. But the principle behind it is, you know, set the direction of travel, be the visionary. Absolutely. You need to do that as a leader and then basically serve the people to ensure that they help you. It's more about them than about you. Now, I wouldn't go as far potentially as the whole servant leadership framework suggests, but there's an awful lot of lessons that we can learn from lifting other people up, making sure that they have the tools. You have told them the direction of travel they need to be in. You have said, this is why you've inspired, you're motivating them. You give them the tools they need. Then you say, how how can I make sure this happens? What do you need to be unblocked? That is where truly extraordinary stuff happens. If instead we say, you must do this because, or how dare you, or I'm going to take that away from you, you're creating fear. And we know that humans make really bad decisions when they are in a place of fear. They're less motivated. Fear is not a motivator, despite what you will hear. It is the worst motivator. Fear is a terrible, terrible place for humans to exercise their cognitive abilities. If you want something extraordinary from people, inspire them and give them opportunity and be okay when they're done with you and they want to go somewhere else. Be absolutely delighted. You know, help them do that they will come back one day and do something extraordinary for you in return.
0: I've had a few examples of when I used to manage a team of people where they just outgrown the team. There was yeah. really no other opportunity I could offer them at that time that was going to tick the boxes for them. And there's no point in me trying to force them to stay or make them feel bad for even thinking about moving. And I'll tell you a quick story on that one as well, Tony. When I used to work for this big global bank, I remember when I eventually resigned and it was very reluctantly because I had the most amazing team around me. I just had felt that I'd taken the role as far as I could. And really, I didn't want to be a burden on the team anymore. I wanted to maybe go off and do something else. But my leader at the time was a lady called Gabby, Gabby Patrick. And she was the most phenomenal leader I've ever worked for. And I was literally in tears when I was having this conversation with her. I was having it over the phone. And it was hilarious because she was coaching me through this conversation. She goes, look, she goes, I can see this is very emotional. Like, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, breathe. And she was coaching me through this conversation. And when I told her the news, she was like, oh my God, is that all it was? Like, come on. And she's telling me that it's all okay. And at the end of the conversation, she said, you know what? I think you're doing the right thing. I think this is the right thing for you. So it it just goes to show when you have a leader with that type of attitude, Mm -hmm. you would just appreciate them that much more. So I've got a question for you. Is leadership something you're born with? The skills that you need, are they things that you're born with or can we build them over time?
1: I am so glad you asked that question. I think this idea of being born with leadership is absolute BS. And I think we need to stop talking that way because we promote people because they're they have leadership traits that, that we've decided somehow and actually with the work i now do because i coach people to be great leaders and it's it's hard work by the way i would say being a great leader is as hard as learning to be a great techie i was a fortran programmer by training which i know is very old-fashioned very divisive but that's it i would say leadership is harder than being a fortran programmer uh, even doing parallel programming on a supercomputer, leadership is harder to do it really, really well, and to be a leader, you need both you need the technical capabilities that give you the reputation, whatever that is, whether you're a techie like you and i or or something else um and alongside that, you need the what is called soft skills which I also think is very, very unhelpful, but the real skills I would call them of being a great leader, being a personable leader, being the kind of person that can inspire a room and nobody wakes up with those, nobody has them innately in this. I think that we need to work as hard as we do to develop those as we do our our hard skills. Again, do not like that differentiation between the two. For example, executive presence, one of the things I spend so much time working on, self-awareness. I'm yet to find a human who wakes up with lots of self-awareness. My nephew, actually, six-year-old, most adorable little child on the planet. I say that, I think all six-year-olds are adorable, but he is extraordinary. He is developing this extraordinary empathy. But, and and maybe he has an innate aptitude towards it, but he is being nurtured in it by his parents and by the extended family, by his school teachers, because he has this innate aptitude. If he wasn't being nurtured, it would be suppressed and pushed down. So I do think that we really need to recognize that leadership traits, particularly the ones that will help you as as an executive, if that's where you're headed, they, they go well beyond what you can just have as innate abilities
0: yeah i love that because we see you constantly people surprise you in teams where we may thought of somebody as not having a certain skill set or they've never done that thing before but then they are given a go they're given the right support and all of the sudden they're like rock stars in it and you're you're standing back thinking i never knew you had that within you but actually there's probably an element that they had within them but it's never come out before. They've never really had the support and they've never perhaps had the confidence or the, or the coaching around them to really get that out of them. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I think as human beings, we just don't know what our capabilities are, right? Mm-hmm. We've got so yeah. much that we can offer. And, and people always say, oh, go go do your passion. Well, I've probably got like a hundred different passions. Like, Which one of, of them should I really yeah. go after? Right. Is it the one that's going to give me the most money? Or is it the one that's going to make me happy? Like, what is that thing? And I would say, personally, do as many of those as you can, because then you'll probably end up on one of them, which is something that is truly your purpose. And it sounds like you've landed on that passion for you. So, uh, it's fantastic to hear someone so passionate about a topic. So Tony, we're running out of time. What I'd love to know is the work that you do. Tell us a little bit more about that. You've run your own business and you're helping people in terms of their leadership skills. So just give us a flavour of the type of work you do. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. So yes, I am primarily a coach. As I said, I focus on women in technology. My uh, my passion is making sure more women are in leadership careers that are both fulfilling for them and changing the world, right? So I help women on the basis that I also then help that, hope that's changing the world. The way I do that is I do a mixture of one to one coaching for executives or aspiring executives, but I also have an academy where I help budding and early career leaders develop their leadership skills and also develop the career skills, because it isn't sufficient to just have the leadership or just, you know, know how to interview well. You have to bring the two together. So it's a mixture of really giving you the skills. To uh, navigate the world as a woman in tech, if you are on the career path towards being a leader, whether that's just as a team lead, a manager, director, or whatever level you're aiming you're for, it's my passion point. Um, you can find out all about my services at tonycollis.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to connect with anybody on LinkedIn. You don't have to be a woman to connect with me. In fact, you don't have to be a woman to follow my podcast, which is also linked on LinkedIn, Leading Women in Tech. There's lots of great leadership nuggets of wisdom in there, irrespective of your gender. I just talk to women. But So yeah, that's where you can find out more about me.
0: Oh, superb. And yeah, I can vouch for that. I connected with Toni and she accepted my request. So uh, hey. <laughs> um. If I get accepted, then uh, I'm sure others can too. So <laughs> thank you so much. Fred. It's been a, such a pleasure talking to you. I feel like the the times just flown. So that's usually a good sign of an episode. So really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show.